Welcome to the King Choir, the interventional radiology podcast from SIR's IR Quarterly Magazine. You can learn more at our website, sirweb.org slash kingchoir. In this episode, the audio version of a spring 2017 IR Quarterly article, author Barbara Nichol Hamilton shares advice on ways to maximize your bargaining power during contract negotiation. That's Negotiable, 8 Tips for Negotiating Contracts and Salaries by Barbara Nichol Hamilton, MD. Edited by Natasha Manfori, D.O. A newly hired or early career IR not only has to learn how to fit into their new group or institution, but must also navigate the changing healthcare environment. A critical part of that effort is learning how to demonstrate your value to your practice and ensure that your contract reflects that value. As an IR completing my second post-fellowship year as an employed private practice physician, I have successfully negotiated both my initial contract and my first raise, learning some valuable lessons along the way. 1. Decide to negotiate. When I graduated fellowship in 2014, during a depressed job market, my co-fellows and I were panicked about our prospects. We were each offered similar starting salaries, though several successfully negotiated 5% more by simply asking. It can be intimidating or uncomfortable to ask for an increase on an initial offer, especially in a difficult job market, but it is worth the effort. During medical training, a salary is provided according to postgraduate level, generally without negotiation. After years of this convention, the new attending must quickly learn to advocate for herself. Is there a going rate for a shift or service you provide? Do you need to factor in call compensation, or is it included in a daily, weekly, or yearly rate? What is the most you can realistically hope to get? What is the least you need to feel adequately compensated? Answers to these questions can help you to evaluate an initial or subsequent offer. After a year at my first job, I found putting dollar figures down on paper helpful in preparing for renegotiation. I made a spreadsheet of 7% yearly raises and became familiar with those numbers. Do you have a goal salary that you would like to reach in five years? Break that number into stepwise increments to calculate what yearly raises should look like. Examining these papers in detail prepared me so that I would not be caught off guard or uncertain in the case of a counteroffer. This helped to bolster my confidence going into discussions regarding pay. 2. Seek and foster transparency. At the 2016 Women in IR Luncheon in Vancouver, A participant, who suspected she was being paid less than her male colleagues, commented that she had been told it was illegal to discuss her salary with her co-workers. Although it may be discouraged via written workplace policies or management culture, the National Labor Relations Act protects the right of most private sector employees to engage in, quote, concerted activities for the purpose of collective bargaining or other mutual aid. This means that you may lawfully discuss things that matter to you at work, like compensation. Lack of transparency benefits only employers and fosters an uneven playing field. President Barack Obama has said, Pay secrecy fosters discrimination, and we should not tolerate it. A recent analysis by Glassdoor.com substantiates and quantifies the current gender pay gaps in the United States, Great Britain, and Australia based on their crowdsourced salary data. Controlling for various factors, the authors reveal an adjusted or unexplained pay gap across various industries, including medicine. Increased pay transparency could help traditionally underpaid groups, including women, minorities, and those early in their careers to improve their compensation. 
3. Mine information at every opportunity. Intermittent contact and information sharing with fellow trainees early in my career has helped me to learn about how other practices compensate their members or employees and to engage prospects locally and in other markets. Attending professional meetings has also kept me apprised of market changes and can lead to opportunities for a better job or compensation package. Finally, job recruiters and industry colleagues, including device representatives, can serve as sources of information and opportunities. 4. Find salary data online. You can find a lot of information online regarding IR salaries. Some websites, such as radworking.com, have job listings that include figures for beginning and potential compensation. Other sites use a crowdsourcing model, such as payscale.com. When you create a profile on their site, you can view others' self-reported information from around the country, including the practice setting in which they work, salary, overtime pay, number of vacation weeks, and other benefits. Doximity.com has launched a salary map populated with anonymous salary data from more than 18,000 physicians across the United States, as reported in the Atlantic article, What Doctors Make. This kind of data is a powerful tool in the negotiation process. 5. Gauge your audience. Are you negotiating with a peer or someone of a different generation? Are cultural factors at play? I was negotiating with two to three men, all of whom were older than I. I was brought in as the youngest physician in the practice, a common occurrence after training, and am the only female IR in the group. These factors superimposed a dynamic I was keenly aware of while negotiating. When I received a colorful negative reaction to a request to renegotiate terms early in my employment, I compensated by remaining extremely objective and businesslike. 6. Practice finite patience. After a year in my position, my new contract was postponed for several months during the group's renegotiation with the hospital system we serve. This period required prolonged patience, stretching me beyond my comfort zone. It was a period of uncertainty, during which my chief operating officer seemed to prepare me for a potential pay cut. He shared anecdotes from other radiology groups he'd managed in the past as an indication of, quote, things to come. Finally, I was granted not only an increase in workload, but a significant increase in compensation. Although I now take far more call than I would like, I feel that biding my time was a successful strategy in renegotiating my contract amendment. 7. Build and nurture the relationship with your superiors. Consistently serving as an asset to the group makes retaining you and paying you well mutually beneficial for you and your employer. Promote your value by communicating to your boss any accolades you've received. For example, when a patient sent an appreciative complimentary letter to our hospital CEO, lauding me and my team for providing excellent care surrounding his image-guided biopsy, I received a thank you letter and gift card from hospital administration. I immediately forwarded the information to my radiology group CEO. His reaction was to praise me as a star. Highlight any flexibility you offer. Can you perform high-end interventional services one week and diagnostic services the next? This allows tremendous leverage in scheduling for your group or team. Are you the most current in a certain area? For example, just out of fellowship at a transplant center? This adds to the overall capacity of your team to deliver high-quality care, no matter your location. Have you improved the practice with your leadership? 
demonstrate these points to your decision makers, whether in the form of evidence of increased referrals, improved departmental efficiency, excellent patient outcomes, or rave reviews from your referring physicians. With these points gathered, I was armed for negotiation and could say, here is what others in similar positions are paid, and here is why I should be paid at the top of that range. If your employer or group does not agree to higher monetary compensation, consider negotiating something else. For example, in my group, everyone receives the same number of vacation weeks. Therefore, they consider this non-negotiable. Consider other benefits you could ask for, such as a new title, academic or administrative time, an educational stipend, office space, access to assistance, etc. 8. Obtain Legal Review Because your contract serves as a framework for the working relationship, you should make sure you fully understand all its nuances and legalese. A personal referral to an attorney, particularly in the geographic area you will be working in, is ideal if possible. Someone familiar with physician contracts will be versed in the specific language needed to establish the ground rules regarding non-compete clauses, call responsibility, malpractice coverage, and other physician-specific matters. I found my attorney using an online marketplace. The comprehensive service included a detailed phone consultation, follow-up emails, and a review of contract revisions. I was offered a standardized contract used for both diagnostic and interventional radiologists. My attorney showed me several important points to clarify regarding my role in doing a combination of hospital-based IR, in-house DR, and teleradiology. For example, I initially received no call compensation, but I had a cap on the number of call weeks my first year. It was important to note that tail coverage would not be covered by the practice should I move on. Unfortunately, this was considered non-negotiable. Therefore, I will have to budget for this significant expense, should the need arise. Also, the contract required a minimum number of studies to be read per imaging shift to avoid a penalty in compensation. My attorney added language protecting me from docked pay in the case of factors beyond my control, such as low hospital volume or lack of assigned exams at the level of the telecenter. Conclusion As the economy has improved and the radiology market continues to prosper, there is more of an opportunity to negotiate than in years past. Some authors have advocated negotiating only in the setting of multiple job offers or in the case of a truly exceptional candidate. I would argue that in order to optimize pay, especially for those who have been traditionally compensated less for an equivalent position, negotiation is a crucial skill to hone and harness. It is a game that can be successfully played in various arenas, whether academic or private, diagnostic or interventional, city or countryside. Best of luck in all your future negotiations. That was That's Negotiable by Barbara Nichol Hamilton, MD, edited by Natasha Monfori, DO, which was first published in the spring 2017 issue of IR Quarterly. We can find more magazine articles on surweb.org slash IRQ, or more podcast episodes on surweb.org slash kinkwire. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any thoughts or ideas for us, drop us a line at irq at surweb.org.